This right. is an eight iron and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite and it's in. Kind of like that. Hey everyone, it's Jason at the Sub-70 Podcast. Uh, we had some short notice, but uh, the day after his victory, we were lucky enough to get Doug Barron to do the podcast today. It's truly an incredible story from uh, not playing much professional golf for six or seven years, no status on the Champions Tour, to come out in, in two events, basically to have a T5 in a major, and then to win uh, up in New York yesterday in the Champions Tour and having a place to play for the next couple of years, it's, uh, it's beyond awesome. I know some guys down in Memphis who know him, so I was lucky enough to uh, be able to make that connection. It's a great group of guys down there with uh, Vance Vizi and Sean McKeel and my buddies at True Temper to kind of, uh, you know, support each other in the game of golf and uh, to, to see what he's doing. So couldn't be happier for him and uh, couldn't be more honored to have him on. So I hope you guys uh, enjoy the conversation. I truly did, and it's... Uh, it's not a Cinderella story because he had the talent and he's played, but that's such a hard tour to get out onto. And without him winning and having the performance he had, there's no guarantees out there. So it's wonderful. Uh, it's a wonderful backdrop. Hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to Doug. And uh, we'll definitely get him on when he gets his second victory. Thanks again for listening. I would like to welcome the winner of the Dick Sporting Goods Open on the Champions Tour, uh, the newest winner on the Champions Tour, Doug Barron to the Sub-70 Podcast. Doug, congratulations on the accomplishment. Incredible, amazing. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Man, good. Thanks, Jason, for having me on. I appreciate it. So, um, you know, straight to the tournament. Um, when I was kind of putting this together today of what I was going to ask you, and I, I think from just watching it the way you handled yourself over those three days and especially with the, the delays and have to come back out and finish the second round and you got hall of famers chasing you how did you do yeah how did what did you do because i think all of us would love to be able to play their best golf when it really matters and how did you dig deep enough or where did you find that resilience that under that pressure for a for your career, for a place to play, you go out there and shoot six under par when it when it really really mattered. Uh, you know, how did you bring that out of yourself to play your absolute best when you needed it? Well, I actually thought uh, that you know I had to go back. I had to get up at four thirty yesterday morning. I had to finish three and a half holes. We were in the last group, and you know, I had a rain delay yesterday. So I had a long day yesterday. I haven't had much sleep, but I, I really think. Uh, I rang delay and got it to come back at seven. I didn't. I was kind of struggling coming in, and I was really glad. I was like, "Man, it's a good break for me." Uh, I, could, I didn't feel quite as good as I did the first round, and then the second round, I was wasn't quite there, but I was holding under a few under par. And then I came back yesterday morning and finished that round off nicely at seven a.m. Uh, in the fog, basically, and uh, so that 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 gave me a lot of momentum because like Miguel Jimenez was right there, and he bogeyed a couple on those last few, and then. I just felt like, okay, uh, 11 under, they're at nine. I know someone's going to shoot low. So I know, I knew kind of a number I had to get to without forcing it, but as good as I was hitting it, the par fives were all doable. And I know that I'm going to have five or six wedges in my hand yesterday. So that, that was about what I had. So, uh, the rain delay, I, I, if we move forward, 
the third round, I mean, the final round, I felt totally comfortable. Um, when I say comfortable, I felt like I could, I felt really good about my swing. So I wasn't like as anxious as I was the day before. So I got up on the first hole and hit driver and just piped it right up in front of the green, literally 70 yards from the pin. So that was pretty cool. And then making the, the maybe the putt of my life on the second hole, making a 50 footer for birdie after driving in the rough was just, it was, I turned bogey into birdie is all you can say. And kind of just settled down and started hitting really good shots after that. Did, did the did the delay then later in that afternoon and you see, you know, Fred Couples chasing you, was that actually a blessing in disguise that you kind of had a little bit of a, a break? You know you're playing well. You kind of know what's in front of you. And then did it did it actually kind of help calm the nerves a little bit where you know where you're at and you know what you're going to have um, to do and have that break a little bit to kind of be like, okay, I'm right here. I can get this done versus was it good or was it potentially, I mean, it turned well, out good. You no, won. no, I, I thought it was great, personally. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the backstory. So I had birdie 12, and I'd seen Fred against the 15, and then I knew 13, 14, and 15 are the tough stretch. And if you can get through those, you know, you got birdie. I think the last three holes, you should have a good opportunity at birdie. So uh, when I hit my – I made a great par at 13, hit a really good shot in the 14, and almost made the putt. But I hit that – I ended up hitting three wood off 15. I hit driver first and second round and hit it really nice, but – uh, hit a great three wood, and then the horn went off again. I didn't know how long the delay was going to last, but I was fine. Uh, I never got anxious or anything during the delay, and I, my back had been hurt all week, and it really never stiffened up on me. I kept moving, and I kept loose. I stretched a bunch, and I told my wife, I told my caddy too. I, the only two people I told, I, I told my wife, I said I've got a wedge. I'm 130 yards into 15. I can drive it right by the green on 16. I'll have a five or six iron into the middle of the green at 17, and I'll have a mid to short iron into 18. I said, I would much rather be where I am and take my own chances than to, uh, than to work. I think I was in a better position than Fred. Obviously, he played an incredible round of golf, and I, I like my chances on those last four holes playing them under par. So I've done it all week, and I've played eight different VC Opens and played those holes, always played them pretty well. So. What was that, uh, you know, you, I believe it was 9-iron you had in the 18, solid swing. You, you put it in the exact right spot where you know you've got the victory in hand. What, can you describe that emotion after all these years and all of this work to, to, to win at a high level like that of what that feels like? Well, I mean, most of us will never experience it. What's that, what's that right. like? Well, I'll tell you, it was an 8-iron, by the way. It was 158. It was getting kind of late. I just I had a perfect lie. I didn't hit the best drive, but I got it in play. That's all I needed to do. But uh, if I could have my life on the line and have a mid to short iron, I've always been pretty good with those. And I, I told my caddy, I said, I'm going to kind of go right at that pin because, you know, we had driven by it in the carts coming in. And I thought, you could be aggressive to that pin. Even if you missed a little right, you had room. And I – I felt totally confident because when you get, I had a perfect yardage, so I knew I couldn't knock it over the green if I just hit a nice smooth eight iron. And it was just, it came off the club just like I wanted. I mean, 15 people of the hole is all you could ask for. It's all I needed. You know, uh, it just, I guess what you're asking is how, to, how did you feel? I felt, uh, I, I felt like I won the tournament when I made the putt at 17. I really, man, put the eight iron in my hand. It was an easy shot to pull off in, in, in the situation. So, 17th where I won the golf tournament, though, that putt is what I would tell you. And it was a heck of a feeling. I was uh, I was having a hard time not crying going to the 18th tee. I go, I can make bogey on this last hole no matter where I hit it. So, uh, it was a good feeling. 
I know you talked about this a little bit as well, but you know you got to have new goals. I'm assuming now for this season. I mean, the Charles Schwab, you know, Cup race is sure. you know, is is in play now. Like it changes everything. Have you had any chance sure. to kind of think about? You know how you you know goals for the season and next season of you know what you want to accomplish now that you know you've got a place to play. Well, I'm gonna kind of I haven't put any goals in. Obviously, I haven't slept in about 24 hours. I got up and flew to Nashville this morning. I'm driving back right now, and because uh, I'd left my car in Nashville, it was cheaper to fly out. But I'll sit down and think about what I want to do. I'm not gonna put any crazy pressure on myself. I I feel like I'm playing on house money right now, um, especially after this week. But I just uh, you know, you dream about winning. I came up to I came up to play in the Knicks Sporting Goods, hoping to get in the top ten and get in the next week and have a chance to win. All I ever say is I just want a chance to win with three holes to go. And a, a backstory to that is I you know, I played on this uh, smaller tour, the Emerald Coast Tour, and I've won three tournaments from start to finish out there this year. And just learning how to win again has been so huge to me because you know playing against these kids, I can't go beat 120 kids anymore, but I can beat 30 of them. And, it's been really cool just to feel how to win again. And that, and I'm telling you, if it wasn't for that tour, I don't think I would be at the level I got to this week or in the senior British Open for that matter. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions is I saw you're leading the money list and you're, you know, you're playing against 25, 28, 30 old kids and, and you're more than yeah. holding your own. Like that has to be, I mean, winning breeds winning, right? And if you can win on yeah. that tour, it has to be, it's not like you haven't been playing well. This isn't out of nowhere at some level, right? I mean, you, this is oh, the fourth yeah. so, win of the year in professional events. Pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, it, it, it helped me against Scott McCarron, who hit it so far, you know, because I'm, I'm used to getting out driven by 50 yards, and he was only out driving me by 20. So <laughs> it was, uh, I held, I, I kept up with him for the most part. But, uh, yeah, these, these kids hit it so far, and you have to, the only way I could beat the kids is mentally. And that's the, the only thing I would tell you coming up to, Dick Sporting Goods or the senior British, you can't really beat everyone mentally because everyone's got that solid game. It's just you have to guts enough to finish it out, you know. And just being under the gun so many tournaments, even though there were smaller tournaments, has helped me with my nerves tremendously. Yeah, winning breeds winning, right? You know if you can do it. At, yeah, there's no absolutely. reason you can't do it, and you proved that yesterday. And that's, uh, right. you know, and I think that's where – Playing your way into shape, you'll see a lot of the guys play, you know, some corn fairy tour stuff as they get close to fifty, right? I mean, there's golf and then there's tournament yeah. golf, and I'm assuming, and that work you've put in had to have helped on Sunday. No question, and another reason I didn't even want to go play on the corn fairy tour because I've seen some of my friends just get beat up so bad. It's you know the games change so much, and it's hard to go out there and compete against 156 kids. They're you know. 25 years younger than you. So I, I had zero aspiration of doing that. I, I don't think it helped, has helped a lot of my friends' confidence. And uh, I, I'm not going to name any names, but I've just seen a couple of my buddies get beat up. And a couple of them told me that. And they're saying, man, it's just so hard out there now. It's, it's just, that tour has changed so much. One, you know, the golf courses are just bombers courses. And I've been playing really hard golf courses, too. That's what's been uh, pretty fun about this little Emerald Coast tour. We play the best courses in the we were playing the best courses in the Panhandle in Alabama and Mississippi, so it was pretty cool. I was going to ask you, too, on, you know, the sort of the journey back to professional playing. I know you were a teaching professional in, in Memphis and at, at, teaching at yes, Wendell Country Clubs, where I got, where I got some buddies down and, there. And, uh, yeah, you know, I taught at Southland as well. So. I'm sorry? 
I taught in Southwest uh, for the last couple of years when I taught. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, TPC, great golf course the facility there as well. Yes, sir. So yeah. you're done playing professionally for a little while, and then you know you're back in Memphis. You're teaching. You're still in the business. And at what point then do you start thinking, look, I've got the talent, but if I got to put the work in, and I'm I'm going to try, right. you know, I'm going to go from teaching professional to touring professional again. And how did that idea come about that you're ready for this? And what steps did it take to even kind of get ready to go out and play in the Emerald Tour to compete against 30 year old guys out yeah. there? Well, that's a great question because, one, if you taught as much as I taught, you can't play golf. Uh, I had to get out of teaching to play golf again. Uh, I had no time for golf when I taught, so uh, I got out of teaching so I could play golf again. Uh, so that was kind of – it's so hard. I see some of my friends out there trying to play some and try to teach some, and I, I just couldn't do it. My body wouldn't let me stand up all day and then go practice too hard. So. I had to quit the teaching to start my career back. How long was that process from, you know, saying you're not going to teach to where you were competitive back on, you know, the Emerald Coast Tour? Was, was it a one- or two-year process for you to kind of well, go through that? I, yeah, I had planned on playing full-time two years ago, but, you know, my father's been sick. Uh, he's been in assisted living, nurse down in a nursing home with Parkinson's dementia, and... Uh, I, I couldn't, I just, I always, uh, I needed to go see him all the time. He's, he's, you know, my dad and I were really close and still close. And um, he's doing great in hospice care, by the way. But, yeah, I just started, I just started the, the process. Okay, I got to the point where I didn't feel guilty if I left my dad and everything. And then I got my wife was totally behind what I was trying to do. And I just... I kind of started not taking new students on and kind of pushing them to go towards one of my friends that had started teaching and kind of just steadily had more time. And then this year I just said, I'm playing every single week and find a golf tournament. So when I hit 50, I have got my A game or, you know, just competitiveness. So it really, the plan paid off. Uh, I played, I want to say I played nine tournaments this year before I turned 50, nine or 10 tournaments. So I was ready. I played in our state open where, I made it to the final pairing. I just got a lot of great experiences, not only winning those three events on the Emerald Coast, but you know, playing our state open and getting to play in the final pairing with my good friend Bob Walcott, both of his sons. So it's just been a great year of experiences for me. With all the teaching that you did, do you think your golf swing is technically better now than when you were playing the PGA Tour? Have you learned from teaching people as well and, and kind of, you know, use that in your own golf swing to make it more efficient or better? Swing looked great yesterday, technically. Absolutely. A guy, yeah. a guy at my level doesn't need to think about his swing a whole lot. And that's for my friend. My friend that I work with, David Toms, as coach down at Shreveport, Sean Webb. He's been working with me almost a year now. and He's got me he, – we've worked on two simple things literally in a year, and they still creep out. They creep – into my game a little yesterday, but I don't. Uh, I kind of have gotten to know my swing better, so it's made it easier to play golf. And I've never been one that could think a lot when I was on the golf course. I've always just kind of seen the shot and hit the shot. I know that's simple, but I work on my technique on the range, and I try not to think of it too much on the golf course. So. Yeah, the swing looked. I mean, looked technically, it was beautiful. Um, so yeah, always the guys who teach and then go to play. It's always an interesting, you know conversation to have and the other guys i've had in the podcast say that too that being a teacher has actually sure. helped out with their own game when they kind of get back out there and do it again right you kind of learn as 
as you teach the right. students, and it, and it can't help but circulate back into your own game. So, yeah, technically your swing looks, I mean, really, really good. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, it has to translate into, you know, you, you're, so you agree with what I'm saying that your swing is technically better at 50 than it was at 30. I had a pretty good swing when I was 27. I set up a sore record. I tied Billy Andrade making 21 cuts my rookie year. So I, I, I think I had a pretty good swing back then. I'd say I'm in physically and mentally better shape than I was when I was on tour. So, Did all that time on tour make that learning curve of getting back to professional golf a bit easier in the sense that you have played in over 200 PGA Tour events? You've been out there. You've played with the best in the world. Is it sort of like riding a bike yeah. a little bit again since you have done it at one point in your career? Well, you know, the facts are, and you've seen it a lot of guys, you can't take the pass back. So I tried not to say I tried not to be that guy that said, oh, I've played on the PGA Tour. I tried to just be the Doug Barron that I am today. And, uh, you know, I had I never won on the tour. I, my third was my best finish. I had seven seconds on the Corn Ferry Tour. I just I tried not to live in the past. I said, I'm just starting all over, just like when I was a rookie trying to get on the PGA Tour. And sure, I knew I had been there, but I tried not to use that. Uh, I tried not to use that against myself because some people can get bitter when they say, oh, man, I, I, why can't I get my game back to this level? Uh I was trying to actually be better than I was when I was on the PGA Tour. That's the goal. I think I think I still have my better days ahead of me. I hit it farther than I did when I was on tour, obviously with the technology and stuff. But I think my mental game and I'm physically more fit than when I played the PGA Tour. So I tried not to compare my old, my old self to my new self. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. I, I guess where I was asking is, you know, let's say you were a club yeah. professional the entire time. You haven't had that experience, but still playing sure. Corn Ferry and playing the PGA Tour, being under the sure. gun at that level, there still has to be some sense that it, it's not overwhelming. It's not too big of a stage. You, you've played at the oh, highest no. level for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I, I, I played at a high level, and I knew, I knew, I think other people knew how good I could be. I just don't think I always knew how good I could be. So, uh, that being said, I think I'm starting to figure out I can be pretty good. And, yes, playing at that level is a definite advantage because uh, you get thrown into the arena and never been there with the scoreboards, the fans, uh, all of that. It could be overwhelming for someone that hasn't done it. Oh, you know, counting both tours, I think I've played over 400 golf tournaments. So I, I think if you're not prepared for that, that's a, that's a whole other learning curve. So. Ian, I know you also talked about this as well, but you know you you can't do this without the support of your family. What what did their support of your wife and kids saying go out and do this? You have the talent. You know this is your time. It has to mean everything that you know you you've got that support at home and the fan base around Memphis. I mean, like I said, I'm already you know I talked to Sean McKeel yeah. this morning to get your number and like he you can just tell he's right. thrilled for you, right? Like there's a lot of people pulling well, for you. No one's a bigger Sean McGill fan than Doug Barron. So we've been good for each other in our careers. Uh, I think we've, we grew up, both our dads pulled for us both because we knew if we, they always knew if we both played or we, one of us was playing that it would push the other to get better too. So I'm, uh, I love Sean McGill like a brother and uh, I'm always very grateful for his friendship. Uh, that being said, where were we, what were we talking about? About the, uh, I lost my point. Yeah, about your family just saying, you know, go ahead and let's do this. You have the talent. Go do it, you know, to have their support. Well, I've got an incredible wife who has incredible instincts. And she said, Doug, I I don't think you could ever live with yourself if you didn't go try it one more time uh, when we talked about it. So uh, I had her support, which was huge. 
uh, I have a I have two wonderful sons, and you know I, I'm a little guilty with the first son because I missed most of his childhood because I traveled on the PGA tour and they weren't always out there with me, and I I missed a lot of life moments, and, I, and then I missed him going off to college this weekend. So that's another reason I'm not playing this week. I'm going to go down and see him, and uh, and then my youngest son actually during the summer travels more than I do. He's a competitive tennis player, and he's one of the highest ranked players in his age group in our state. And then my wife has an ultra successful art business and she's enabled me, you know, to go do this and give it a shot. So, I mean, my wife's just incredible. So I'm very fortunate and blessed. Well, it's, uh, like I said, it's a great story. Um, it was fun as a golf fan to watch it yesterday. And it was also fun to watch, you know, you staying in the moment and the putting stroke looked great. And it was, it was really cool to see, you know, it unfold and uh, a player to play up to their potential. And I think it's like all golfers just love watching that when, you know, somebody puts the effort in and they get the results that they're looking for. It's right. just, it's such a great story. And I, and thanks for taking the time today to be on this. I don't think this is going to be your last win out there. And, uh, hopefully, uh, Sean will get his win coming up here as well, too. It'd be great if, uh, both you guys could kind of knock one well, out before the end of I'm, the year as well. I think I've got, I think I've got Sean inspired a little. So I look for him to, to play well soon. So yeah, he's the talent is there with that one as well, right? I mean, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. He has more heart than anybody I've ever met, besides Lauren Roberts. Well, you don't win a major championship without it, right? I mean, it speaks for for itself. Well, safe travels. Congratulations. Thanks so much for your time today. And uh, when you get that second W, we'll have another uh, quick talk about it. I would uh, love to have you back on again. But keep playing great golf. Congratulations with everything. And uh, we couldn't be happier for you. Well, thank you so much. It's great talking with you.